Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Especially for hardworking people hoping to rise. Instead, we must focus on the promise of the American journey. I know that journey well. My grandfather's 99th birthday would have been tomorrow. Growing up, he had to cross the street if a white person was coming. He suffered the indignity of being forced out of school as a third grader to pick cotton, and he never learned to read or write. Yet, he lived long enough to see his grandson become the first African-American to be elected to both the United States House and the United States Senate in the history of this country. Our family went from cotton to Congress in one lifetime. That was Senator Tim Scott from the RNC last night. Day one uh, is done and complete, and they knocked the living snot out of the Democrats. The Democrats in three and three-quarter days could not come close to what it is the Republicans did last night, and it wasn't just about Senator Scott. It was Ambassador Nikki Haley. It was Sean Parnell, who's running for Congress. It was a man by the name of Maximo Alvarez, who you never heard of before in your life, who gave the impassioned talk regarding socialism and the future of America. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. It was a winner of an evening. Charles Payne joins us right now. You know him from Fox Business, Making Money with Charles Payne, uh, Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. on Fox Business. The book, Unstoppable Prosperity. You can actually get that at unstoppableprosperity.com because there was a lot of talk about the future yesterday. And as we're watching the markets, which have gotten back everything that they've lost, but we don't see that necessarily translating out uh, to Main Street, we got to ask ourselves, is more stimulus in play? What the problem is? What What uh, holds for the future? I want to get to all of it. But first, let's get to what we saw last night. Your thoughts, Charles, on what we saw from the RNC day one. It was phenomenal. Uh, You know, Tony, they really, really did an amazing job. Uh, Just a lot of heartfelt commentary. And, you know, it wasn't the slick Hollywood actors and actresses who think for some reason because they're on the big screen, that their brains are bigger than ours and that somehow we always care about their opinions and just regular folks who we can actually identify with. And, you know, it's it's just one person after another hitting on themes and topics that are really relevant, really important. I, you know, and, and I got to tell you, I, 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 you know, I, I thought last night and this morning, uh, well, who did you like the most? And I think different people hit different things, but a Herschel Walker, you know, when, when when he talked about taking President Trump's kids to an amusement park uh, and over th- and having a thirty almost forty year relationship with them, yeah, that says it all. You know, the people will take a, a comment that Trump says or anything. You know, it just it, it just doesn't matter. And say, well, you know, another sign that he's a racist. But 
you know, if we all look introspectively in our own lives, you know, uh, how many black people have a white friend that they say, hey, take my kids to the amusement park or vice versa. That's a real strong relationship. And, and it definitely was a colorblind relationship. And so those kind of things really just uh, st- uh, really stick out to me, Tony. Well, that, the idea of people being able to get personal about President Trump is something that doesn't happen enough. And I think that he desperately, desperately needs more of in his life and certainly over these next three more days, the one day already in the books. Uh, but it was really these these stories that you see of not it wasn't a question or a conversation so much of race. It was just that it was very clear that if you're looking at Kim Klasik or you're looking at uh, Democratic represent, state representative Vernon Jones, you're looking at Herschel Walker, you're looking at Tim Scott or you're looking at uh, Nikki Haley, it were the people who aren't supposed to be where they are and having a conversation that the Midwest is certainly all about the idea that America has promise, America has capabilities, and look exactly what it can create. What was underneath all of that in so many ways was economics, especially when you heard from uh, Maximo Alvarez and being able to create the the oil company uh, that he did. What do you think the Republicans' economic message should be over these few days? Uh, I, I think President Trump and the Republicans really just have to remind America where we were five months ago. Uh, just again, and I think the most important thing that happened was the boom in blue-collar wages. I think the second most important thing that happened was bringing back manufacturing jobs. Uh, from the time President Obama and Vice President Biden got the presidency to the time they left, we, our country lost about 200, 190,000 manufacturing jobs. President Obama at the time said they could never come back. You would need a magic wand. November of last year, we brought 500,000 back net. Uh, you know, blue-collar wages, wages were supposed to go up for the wealthy. Blue-collar wages went up far faster than, 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 than white-collar wages, wealthy wages. They just exploded to, from a place that, Tony, we had written off, you know, 3.3%, 3.5%, above inflation, way above inflation. That's it. I mean, that's that's the heartland stuff right there. That's the things that you told me. Uh, that could never happen. And by the way, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. This is what the elites in both parties told, told them. You know, it's the establishment uh, that, that's trying their best to wrestle that would love to see Trump lose this thing so that they can get back in power, who they were able to convince a lot of folks in the Midwest that, hey, you know what, go with me. I'm the Republican, and I've got policies that only benefited rich people. The establishment is indistinguishable. You see how easy they slide across now from one party to another. Just overnight. Hey, yeah, with the Lincoln Project. I, I, I hope and believe people are waking up to that because that is really what's at stake here. Do you go back to a system where a handful of, uh, of elites who, can, who are interchangeable with political parties uh, dictate our lives and sell us down a river? Or do you say, okay, flaws and all for President Trump, particularly on a personal side where, you know, he says what, he, what, what, what pops into his head. Uh, and that and that rankles a lot of people. It ruffles feathers. It hurts feelings, and that's important. Believe me, I, I don't dismiss that. It is important. You know, I, I I love the idea of thinking that the president of the United States likes me. You know, as as an American, uh, and, and and you know, believe me, there have been times, and I know that they probably didn't because I might have voted in a different way. I have a different mindset. So we're human beings. Those things matter. But what matters most is the ability, the backdrop 
for me to do my best, for me to live up to my God-given potential. That's what matters the most. And I think the first day they checked that box. Talking to Charles Payne of Fox Business, making money with Charles Payne every Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. And also the book Unstoppable Prosperity. You can find that at unstoppableprosperity.com. Now let's get into some things that we're seeing in the markets. And I'm going to tie this back to Joe Biden in a second. Uh, but you see the Dow is over 28,000. We have made up all of all of the losses. They've all been uh, erased. But I'm not so sure that Main Street, Midwest Main Street, feels that everything is back to square. The two things don't seem to be in tandem. Should they be? Or is that more of a conversation as opposed to a reality? Well, the traditional role of the market is to tell us what's going to happen. It's it's. When it's like the you know the old quarterback and receiver. You know when the quarterback drops back and he throws a bomb downfield, he doesn't throw it to where the receiver is, but to where the receiver is going. The stock market is that ball. It's it's telling us that if, if, if things are the way they are right now, the stock market is predicting that Main Street will see a nice economic revival in between the next six months and eighteen months. So it's a forward-looking harbinger of things to come. That's the kind of traditional uh, thing that it's been. But I will tell you, you know, we just came out of earnings season, and there's been a variety of names that just that stick out in a variety of things. We just had, for instance, the, the new home sales that came in up almost 14%. Wall Street thought there was going to be up 1.5%. Existing homes set records. The highest median price for an existing home in the history. And by the way, even adjusted for inflation. So there are pockets, even right now, that inform the market that are in real time. But other parts of this market are saying, hey, this is what's going to happen if things don't go wrong. Now, what can go wrong? I still think we need a nudge from Congress uh, on additional stimulus. I think there are certain people where, you know, if, the, if we said the coast is clear today, there would be certain people who couldn't go back to work tomorrow because 30% of businesses are gone. Right. People have to restart businesses. There's going to have to be that sort of thing. So I think if Congress is smart and they care about the American public, one of the reasons we've had this remarkable rebound was the swiftness of their reaction. The federal government reacted quickly. The Federal Reserve reacted quickly. And it really made all the difference in the world. To that end, talking about that level of of recovery, talking about uh, the idea that we might see another stimulus package, the Republicans are at a trillion, the Democrats are 3.5. A lot of this isn't even about recovery-related materials, so we're nowhere near a solution on that. You've got Joe Biden, as reported by Fox Business, coming out to say that if he wins the presidency in November, he will raise taxes on Americans who earn more than $400,000 a year. And they're now being described as the wealthy paying their fair share and having an economic responsibility. First, 400000 is a great amount of money, unless, of course, you live in San Francisco or D.C. or New York or any place where that government is taking 50% plus of those dollars. And then right. number two, how do tax increases jive with, even during coronavirus, seeing the growth? It's, it's an old playbook. Everything Biden is saying, he said it eight years ago. I mean, in 2008, him and uh, President Obama, then-candidate Obama, whether it's the, the creation of 5 million clean energy jobs, that's the same line they were using. And this line here is really crazy because adjusted for inflation, to your point, 
You said 400000 was the limit in 2008. I mean, golly, at least adjust it for inflation to make it 600000 right? <laughs> so it, it, it just, it's just a line. It is a line. What he is telling you and the part you need to listen to is I'm going to raise taxes, and I'm going to get very creative about it, and I'm going to hit every nook and cranny that you can imagine and cannot imagine, and your taxes are going to go up, investments are going to slow down, and this recovery is going to fail miserably. That's what he is telling you is going to happen. And by the way, this is still as we are recovering from COVID. I just said a moment ago, even if the coast was clear tomorrow, all these jobs could not come back immediately. That's how much structural damage has been done. You don't layer tax increases on that. Yeah, we have. I think America has figured out way too late that shutdown was not the answer. The damage is not even calculable. At, at this you know, moment, I know you were retweeting. Remember Boris Johnson said he wasn't going to shut down. He thought about herd immunity, and the world beat him up like they just really, they just wrecked, raked him over the coals, and then he quietly changed his mind. I think we were watching that. I think, you know, uh, Trump, President Trump, and everyone else, they probably had the same sort of instincts as Boris Johnson, but it was just such a political thing. Every time someone died, they blame you. They still blame the president anyway, as if, you know, anyone had a master blueprint for coronavirus. But the point is, is now we're learning that uh, between the, the deaths, I mean, how many people died that didn't even leave their house? They're still not sure how right. they got it. I mean, a large percentage of people who died were locked down. Um, and then there's the psychological aspect of it, the, the social economic aspect of it. The, it was a, just a, a massive mistake to lock everyone down. I don't think this country will ever do that again. Oh, unless you elect like President Biden, because he's already promised he would. You can actually take a look at Charles' Twitter feed, an interesting article from the Wall Street Journal on this exact subject. Before I let you go, Charles Payne, at CV Payne, P-A-Y-N-E, on the Twitter box, uh, what are you looking at that you like in the market right now? What what is uh, on your hit list? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to find bargains, but I am looking at some of these uh, industrial names, uh, Illinois Tool Works, uh, you know, those kind of names, boring industrial names, companies that have been around for about 100, 150 years. Uh, Deer on Friday posted an enormous number. They started, they've been around for 150 years. Sometimes I take solace in these names because they've been through a dip or two. And if management sticks to the ethos of the founders, in this case, Deer, you know, just a guy who was a, uh, he was just a blacksmith. And, and he heard some farmers complaining about their plows. They were made for eastern soil, couldn't handle the prairie soil. He said, let me try and make a, uh, a plow. I love these kind of stories. I love the industrial names right here, the Caterpillars of the world, the Illinois Tool Works of the world. They're not sexy, but they've been around for a long time, and they will benefit as our our country comes back. Charles Payne of Fox Business, making money with Charles Payne, 2 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And the book, Unstoppable Prosperity at UnstoppableProsperity.com. You can also check out his website, W Street, W for Wall, WStreet.com. Charles, always a pleasure to talk to you. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.